Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. And welcome. You're at the One Tough Mother Show. We're glad to have you. What a week it's been. We've had ice. We've had the Super Bowl. We had the Olympics. Holy cow, I am worn out already. But I do love the Winter Olympic because I cannot wait to watch. Seth, what's going on with you, dude? Oh, the Super Bowl is great. And uh, although I listened to a lot of it on the radio, I was working and driving. But I like listening to sports on the radio. You know, I actually, I do too, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, but Nick Foles, who's, it's just a great story. He, it is a great story. A backup quarterback. <laughs> He's like a God-fearing guy. Like he just says he's so humble and just he's so thankful. And uh, he's coached by a backup quarterback, a guy who backed up Brett Favre, who's yeah. now the head coach. And nobody, he was coaching high school nine years ago. Just a great story. It's like the David and Goliath kind of thing. And just, you know, it's always fun to watch the Patriots lose. Right. Well, yes. it wasn't fun to watch them lose so much. And I, I, I was not going That's... for either team, so I'm not a front runner. I just really... Really loved the game. The game was awesome. It was very offensive. It was, it was like a, it was like a playground game because there yeah. was no defense. Yeah, and they just went back and forth, but they went toe to toe with the champs and they and they beat them. You yeah. know, which is was impressive. And Tom Brady threw for five hundred yards, which if anyone wants to know, that's insane. Like it's his record in the Super Bowl. Like he had an amazing game, but it just wasn't enough. Right, right, right. Everybody's defense kind of failed, so it was just kept going and going and going and going and going. Yeah, so it became a basketball game, actually. Kind of. And there's a, there's a lot of sub stories and everything. I know it's not ready for this show, but it's just it's it's, it's very interesting. It's like a it's like a soap opera too. There's all the backstories and coaches leaving and then coaches are staying and they didn't play this player and this and that. It's just a lot of it was. It was a lot of drama, so it was, it was very interesting. Speaking of drama, yes, we talked about my neighbor in the past. So right, we yeah. finally kind of squashed that. Um, not before it got crazy. I was raking, and she started chasing me with her Are phone you recording. Yeah, give me my rake back. I said, I said um, it's not your rake. Yes, it is. It's my rake. I said, no, it isn't. I borrowed this from the neighbor. No, you were using my rake, and I said. No, I wasn't. And I leaned over the phone. I said, and you stole my mail, and you turned off my electricity, and you turned off my hot water. Are you real? What were you, know, you raking for in the winter? Oh, because our landlord never came and did it. He's he supposed to take care of the landscaping. Oh, so you had leaves still from, yeah. Tons. What a mess. Tons of leaves. And uh, then Melissa came out, and the three of us were arguing. Melissa's like, uh, yeah, you threatened me. You threatened my kids. No, I never did that. She never did anything. She just She's a total victim. Nothing ever happened. It's just us. We're the horrible people. And then we just got tired of talking to someone who we think is crazy. So Melissa just said, what do you want? And we'll try our best to help you out. Oh, my gosh. That so. was so nice of your wife. Because really, seriously, this woman is you, a lunatic. But there's nothing you can do with someone like that. They're, it's called victim. Like, a person's a victim. Everything's happening to me. Why is it all happening to me? This is not my fault. So it wasn't her rake. She said the plumber came in at 11 o'clock at night to turn our hot water down. Oh. Because when my hot water got turned down, I texted her and the landlord. I said, my water's not back on in five minutes. I'm calling the cops. 
and it came back on, but not all the way. So the <laughs> oh next day, God. the next day, I didn't even know where, I didn't even know which hot water here was mine. I just looked at both of them. I was like, one's on low and one's on not low. So I was like, oh, let me put my low one back to where that one is, and there I had hot water again. So. Yeah, I gotta move. Yeah, it's yeah. You gotta. <laughs> what about those tiny homes? <laughs> you gotta find one of those sheds and make it into a house. Um, what? Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, get two sheds and put them together, dude. I'm about to be a family of six. Yeah, I was that. That's yeah, I tough. know you were. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I'm not as strong as you, so. No, that's tough, dude. Yeah. You no, know, you know, we did bunk beds. We did bunk. We did three boys in one room. I had three sons in one room. Bunk hey, beds a, and a single. If I have a boy, what do you think of the name Storm? Storm. Yeah. I absolutely love it. It's cool, right? I love it. It goes good with my last name. Storm Nyman. Storm Nyman. It's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, actually, it's kind of cool. Well, I love my grandson's name. I, I have Stone, two, you said, right? Stone. Yeah, same same kind of thing. It's funny. I'll tell you why, how we came up with that. Uh, I was home the other day, and uh, Melissa's watching Wendy Williams, and Kylie Jenner, or was that her? Yeah, she had a kid. She's like 20 years old, and she got a plastic surgery, looked like Kim, and she- uh. And, uh, I don't do the generous. Yeah, the well, I'm sorry. I was watching with- Wendy Williams, and she's talking about it, and she they had a baby named Stormy. And Wendy goes, "I like Storm. Storm would be a good name." I was like, "You know what? That would be a good name." I love that name, Storm. Isn't yeah. there a s- Storm? What is Stormfield? He was the weatherman. Yeah, on- yeah. I was just trying to think to myself, <laughs> is there a Storm in weather? I don't think that was probably his real name. Although I think his dad was a weatherman, so maybe probably maybe it was his real name. I would think that's no. I love the name Storm. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Good. Go for that one. If I have a boy, yeah. Yeah, go. Uh, you know what? I like it for a girl too. Actually, mm, I don't know. Why do you like something real prissy and yeah. I like like a, Priscilla, Amanda, Olivia, oh. uh, <laughs> Aphrodite. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> I don't yeah. believe in any of it. Uh, no. No, my son's having his third daughter. I told you that in April. Yeah, and they're trying to think up girls' names, and I have the greatest girls' names. But oh, I know one. What? what what's the one you told me before? Aubrey. No. What's the name of the mermaid? Oh, Arapaima. Yeah, it's kind of beautiful in it's a way. It's a beautiful name. Yeah. Are you kidding? And that- but the thing is, though, you, you think about it, and it's a great idea, and then you realize this person has to live with this name and the mispronunciation and the spelling. And the- I don't care about that anymore because everybody's names are That's so wacky hassle. and crazy. Oh, even my last name's Nyman, so he's Neiman. And- God, some people even say Seth wrong. Can you believe that? Yeah, Seath. actually, I can. Seath. It's yeah. like it's S E T H. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You mess that up. Like, you, you know, know, I always called you. I did not call you Neiman. And I told you I didn't want to. So, some people get it right. I yeah. was refusing to call you that. Well, because it's not my name. My name is Nyman. Nyman. Yes. See? Oh, my God. <laughs> I called you Neiman. See? See what I'm talking about? All right. I'm sorry. I've had people work with me for years. Your tough not... brother, Seth. That's all I care That's about. That's fine. Yeah, I'm like Cher. Yeah, yeah, tough yeah. brother Seth. That's I'm all Seth. Well, we had a we had the ice storm, which we, so our show is late this week. Just so you know, we are always on on we always record on Wednesdays, and then the shows comes up on Thursdays. But this week we're recording on Friday because I couldn't get in because of the ice. And you know what? I love winter. I like snow. I, I don't mind the cold. I'm good with everything except the damn ice. Well, you don't like skidding around and doing like a million circles in a row and then crashing into a telephone pole? There is seriously nothing good about ice. Nothing. I I mean, 
looking at it beautifully, hanging from the trees, like sparkling. Then I'm done, and I hate every ounce of it. It was on my stairs, too, and I almost slipped and fell, and I had like make sure to tell Melissa. I said, you got to be careful on our stairs. And there wood. And it was still even ice on the wood. Oh, you know, I have mailman as your mom living with me, and she's 81. You know that. And I'm, like, freaking out. I put down all kinds of... Uh, salt and all that. Melt. Not salt, because it's bad for the dogs, but melt, stuff that's good for dogs and kids and whatever. I shovel everything. I literally was out there at 9 o'clock at night on Wednesday shoveling mountains of slush and ice to try to get it somewhere so mom wouldn't slip forget it, it was stupid because it all froze it all moved back and froze anyway so whatever the case yeah, is. good exercise oh my god my back killed after that that stuff is heavy I'm <laughs> oh i know oh my gosh so our show is brought to you by american cobalt aqua farms and they sell Arapaima. Arapaima. Arapaima is a superfood loaded with omega-3 and omega-6 protein and collagen. It's truly a chef's dream, and I keep telling you I'm bringing you some, but I didn't mm. go there this week because mm-hmm. I store my will. This versatile fish is virtually impossible to overcook, and it provides a delicate, subtle, not fishy flavor, and it complements any dish. For fusion recipes, because any dish, actually, it's buttery, flesh cooks up and it's white and it's i went i took it down to atlantic city my girlfriend and i have to say yo my mm. girlfriend is the head executive chef in atlantic city at a very big big place so i took her to maripima down there because i really wanted to hear what a chef had to say about it and plus i hadn't seen her in a long time so i buzzed her and said can i bring this down and i took it down there and she absolutely melted over it loved it loved it cooked it right in front of me in the kitchen gave it to like five other chefs passing through everybody had fabulous things to say about it and she's like wow this is unbelievable so it's american cobalt aqua farms and the fish is arapaima and they take some they take total and complete pride, and I've been to this facility, I told you this, in supplying healthy, nutritious food through responsible, sustainable, eco-friendly aquaculture. The quality of the all-natural fish is completely, it's completely uncompromised and never has been exposed to antibiotics, vaccinations, which you would love, hormones, <laughs> chemicals, heavy metals, like you're big into that, and uncontrollable environmental factors. You want to know where your food's coming from and that it's natural and, you know, and it's, it's, it's great. This arapaima is amazing. And just so you know, you can call them seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and you'll get an aquaculturist that'll speak to you. So call American Cobalt Aqua Farms. They've got delicious, fabulous arapaima. The fish is amazing. And you can call them at 973-601-8441. It is 973-601-8441. Thank you, American Cobalt Aqua Farms for being our sponsor. And we truly love your fish. Why well, do I haven't given him any? Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we have a fabulous guest this week. And I'm super excited because this kind of goes back to my past, NASCAR. You knew that, right? <laughs> I lost a lot of my hearing there. Uh, actually, I, I hated those stupid headphones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Go, 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 go. <laughs> God, I feel like I'm on the track. <laughs> but anyway, I used to stand on the wall. It was the best. Anyway, today's guest is a very motivated, talented athlete, wife, and entrepreneur. Ashley Bush is a competitive athlete in an elite sport that involves skill, agility, strength, and it's called polo, which I know nothing about and I tried to read up a little bit on. In 2011, Ashley began her career as a member of the U.S. Eastern Circuit polo team and quickly became the face and global brand ambassador for the United States for the Polo Association. 
Wow. A model mm. represented by Wilhelmina and the wife of NASCAR's Daytona 500 champion, Kurt Busch, keeps Ashley's life interesting and however... Her newest venture, designing her own line of swimwear with fellow polo player, is going to be huge. He is the founder and CEO of La Isla Swimwear. I hope I said that right. La Isla. We'll ask her when she's on. And has Ashley working hard to get her line ready for the debut of the Miami Fashion Week this year. Who's that guy? It's uh, Enrique Sanchez Rivera, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I missed it. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah. And he's he's a fellow polo player. So And polo's on a horse with a... Polo. They always look good, too. Yeah, they always look awesome. Yeah. Anyway, we, we congratulate Ashley on her, her fabulous swimmer coming out. It has a lot of great things about it. And it's with our pleasure that we welcome to the Went Up Mother Show, Ashley Bush. Hello, Ashley, and thanks so much for being on the Went Up Mother Show. I know you've got a super busy schedule, and I know you're doing a million things. But I have to ask you as the first question, because this blew my mind when I, when I read this. Ashley, hello? Polo is like the most obscure sport, I think, in the United States. How did you get into polo? <laughs> I know. That's definitely the question I get asked very frequently. And everybody's like, oh, so you play water polo. I'm like, no, um, on a horse, like, you know, the polo on your <laughs> shirt that you're wearing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I actually grew up riding. I started riding when I was five years old, and I began showing. Um, and my best friend and I always rode together. And her mom one day um, found a polo school that was about 30 minutes from my house where I grew up in Middleburg, Virginia. And we tried it one day and just completely got hooked. We had already loved horses, already knew how to ride. And then just the act of hitting the ball and the speed and everything of the game was just completely addicting. But you were showing, you weren't doing like, like competitions, like, you know, the jumping and all of that. Was it, I ride and I've ridden my entire life. I didn't, I can't imagine hanging off of a horse with a mallet and, and hitting a ball. I know it is a little crazy. And to be honest, I think about it today now that, I mean, I've been doing it since I was 11 and I feel like I was so fearless then. And and today, I'm almost, especially after I got married, I'm like, wow, like, I have a partner. I have somebody that is relying on me to be there and not get injured. And, you know, what about children in the future? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what I'm doing is actually very dangerous. And I'm a little bit more afraid than I was before. Oh, okay. Wow. You talk yourself out of the sport. Thing. But, Ashley, like, okay, so your daughter comes to you. And your husband says, hey, Ma, like, I'm 10 now, and I love my horse and everything, and I want to do polo. What is your comment? Um, I mean, I would obviously encourage her to do whatever she wants to do and whatever she's passionate about, but I would definitely be worried watching my daughter out there. I think my parents worry every time I'm out there on the field. I just had a game the other day, and... My mom is just screaming, they're going too fast, they're too rough, like, stay away. And, um, you know, so, <laughs> so if it was my own daughter, I, I think I would be a lot more apprehensive and be able to relate to what my parents have been going through. Absolutely. I, I think that as parents, when we watch our own kids on the field, we're always like, oh, oh, oh. Anybody else's kids, you're like, okay, go, go. so okay fitness is huge for you and you and you're in incredible shape but fitness is huge for for two reasons fitness is huge for polo which is a very tough sport as well as modeling how did you get into that and when 
Well, actually, um, my work with the United States Polo Association and their clothing brand kind of helped segue into my modeling career. So um, that's kind of how I got more interested in modeling. I don't think I ever viewed myself as a model before. Um, but then once I started to realize I could model and represent brands that I felt like were authentically me, I just got more and more into it. And now I love to encourage people, you know, to to stay fit or to follow their passions and, you know, just keep pushing every day. Right, right. And it, it I mean, you're gorgeous. So I can see why you do it. And you're in great shape. Well, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. So now, not as though you don't have enough going on, obviously, you're playing competitive polo, you're doing some modeling. You, with a teammate, a polo teammate, decide to develop this sportswear company. And he is the owner of, is it La Isla? Yes, La Isla Swimwear Company. Right. And it's like magic for you because I read somewhere that you collected bathing suits, right? I did, yes. I would always had a passion for swimsuits and then just an eye for design. And originally, probably before I got so enthralled with polo, I wanted to create my own fashion line. Um, and then I met Enrique, who is the founder of La Isla, and on the polo field through Polo Friends. And he had been talking to me about the business and what he does and how great it is. And it actually turns out that he has his own private label company that produces and makes suits out of Colombia. So he will be making my swimwear line, oh, which that, I'm really excited about. That is so fun. Was it, was it really cool to put it together and see it happening? Yes, it's so cool. I mean, I was even having the dreams of what my suits were going to look like and, you know, where I was going to put certain things. And all of my suits, I think, have a little bit of, they really do reflect, like, my style and and what I'm passionate about. So I'm excited about that. And then also I'm tying the, the profits to the suits to also benefit different charities and kind of give back as well. So I'm very happy that I'll be able to do that. I was extremely impressed by that because people do, I mean, they, uh, naturally when you have a company or when you're a, a public figure, you branch off and do different things. Anyone that gives back to the community or gives back to women or give back to children or people in general, I'm always impressed by that because that means that, to me that means you're an authentic person. You're a real person and you have real real heartstrings and, and you really love to do things for people themselves. So you're going to have certain price points on your, like anybody can buy your suits, right? Yeah, I'm going to have a range of suits and also sizes for every shape and, and body style and every type of coverage. So um, I'll probably, I'm starting with about nine different styles and then slowly I'll be adding in different styles depending on, you know, how the market is and what people are buying or what they want to see. But for me, it's a passion and if I can give back and help people along the way, that just makes it so much better. That is so awesome. And Ashley, is it men and women or is it just women? Right now I'm starting with just women, but I think Kurt might <laughs> might want to <laughs> eventually. So um, I might branch off into men after a while. Yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. That's why I asked. And I think Seth was like, hey, is it men and women? Seth, you could have a nice Ashley bathing suit. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Great. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you guys the samples. You Fantastic. Can let me know. Oh, that's awesome. So, Ash, tell me, 
what was the biggest obstacle in your life? Like, tell me something that most people don't know about you or something that really was hard in your life to get over and to move forward. Something that was, I mean, really hard or an obstacle for me was probably, I mean, I always really struggled in school and I kind of arranged my academics in school around my polo schedule and where I could play and I ended up going to high school at a boarding school down here in Florida where I could play for the season down here and then after that I ended up being homeschooled but I think that was a huge thing for me just not choosing to not have the traditional schooling and Mm. and play polo and devote so much of my time to the sport and I think now I think that maybe it held me back in some ways because maybe I'm not as social as I should be or as outgoing or I don't necessarily know how to deal with certain things because I was kind of kept I feel like in my my little a little bubble of like riding and polo was my life. And of course being married to Kurt and everything has opened up my eyes to so many things. And throughout that I've become, I've just gotten more out of the box and become more outgoing, but I was a very shy introverted person. And basically all I focused on was riding and polo. And now, I mean, I think now that's why I'm starting my swimwear company. Now I'm seeing that, polo took up so much of my life and there's there's just other things that I want to do and that I'm passionate about and um that I can you know help people with my with donating from my swimwear company and I think that I think that was just tough just kind of figuring out where 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 is my life going when I can't play polo anymore or when we have children and like I said in the beginning it's a lot more dangerous I'm realizing than I thought it was when I was younger so I'm definitely in the stage of of the struggle with that right and you know what you that what a great life lesson that is and we talk about that in the one tough mother show we we like to teach and talk to other women listeners or, or anybody who listens we all have real life lessons and that is a that was a really great one because you were introverted and you were you were saying you were very very shy and it was a struggle for you you just have to move past things and sometimes it's difficult to go to go outside and move past what is not comfortable to do Mm-hmm. It's really true. I mean, what they say about life starts outside of your comfort zone, and I really have started to see that over the past few years. Yeah, and and talk about hurling yourself into the limelight. Let me tell you something, as, as you know, because I've told you, I spent five years on the NASCAR circuit. And that is a grueling, grueling circuit. I mean, you're traveling how many? 38 weeks? Yes, 38. Yep. And it's constant fans, constant recognition, constant interviews, constant cameras. It's constant. How do you handle all of that? You're right. It's, I mean, it is constant. And I feel like I have a good support group around me and I try to be a confident person within myself. But it's, I think it's just something that you get used to and 
it, it is tough to deal with. I think I just have to make time for myself each day and like either meditate or, right. you know, just do something mindless so I can, because I feel like traveling that much and presenting yourself in front of that many people becomes so draining. And I do it at a much smaller level than Kurt does, but there's just so many times where you have to be on because cameras are on you or you don't know whether some, you know, someone's going to make a comment about maybe you're frowning or you're laughing when you're not supposed to. So there's just so many thoughts. And I think people these days are really, you know, they really scrutinize every single move that somebody does. So right. um, it was, it's different for me. I think I'm, I'm getting used to it after three and a half years, but it's still tough every day. You never, you can't please everybody. And I think that's what that has made me realize the most. Right. And you just have to be true to yourself and, you know, be the person that you know that you are. And if you have fans or people that are commenting negatively, then you ignore it. Right. Blow by it because it is a grind. It is a grind to have constant cameras, constant recognition. Um, I, I've been, I spent years and years with the WWF, WWE. I spent years and years in NASCAR. And I, I could never put myself in the position of being one of them all day, every day, because it's never, never quiet. It's never, you're on your own. Everybody's snapping all the time. And Kurt, is a, he's just genuinely excellent at that, right? He really is. I tell him all the time. I'm like, wow, you amaze me. If I had to do everything you did, I would probably be curled up in a corner somewhere in my house. (laughs) He has so much energy. And even if he doesn't, he's always smiling and always talking to someone or taking a picture or being helpful. And I mean, it's just amazing to watch. He's really taught me a lot about about that in different social situations and how to handle media and interviews and things like that. That's really cool. So it's, it's the truth is opposites do attract. <laughs> yes, they do. Because I'm sure your strengths, your strengths and convictions are something may, maybe he's lacking. And I'm sure he learns that from you. I think so. I think we definitely balance each other out very well. I think originally people were like, wow, Ashley, you're a very chill person. And, you know, you don't really move that quickly. Maybe <laughs> you're all, maybe you're 10 minutes late to everything you need to be at. And yet you're marrying this guy that's a race car driver that moves at 100 miles an hour and is on time or early and doesn't miss a beat and doesn't and notices every little detail. <laughs> and people were just like, so how does that work? But honestly, I think I mean, it works out perfectly. He makes me a better person, and I think I give him, you know, just more patience and more just open-mindedness. Right, and I think that's a great point. I think you're so chill because he is he's going at the speed of light at all times because that's Mm -hmm. A, his personality, and B, his profession. So you must give him that leveling, okay, it's okay to sit here for five minutes, Kurt. It's okay mm-hmm. <laughs> not to be yeah. doing something. Yeah, we're good. we're good for each other in that way very much. Ashley, you mentioned uh, doing meditation earlier. How important is that to you and like, how often you're, is it a daily practice for you and how does it help you? It's, I wouldn't say it's a daily practice, but I do try to take time out of each day, even if I'm you know, not necessarily meditating or in that position, but just to go to my room or to sit down or to put my phone away and 
try and and start controlling my thoughts whether you know i'm having a bad day or i'm stressed out i'll sit down and i'll be like okay it's not so bad you know everything i'm going to work everything out just take a few deep breaths and that just really helps to to decompress and i think i mean the only thing we really have control over at the end of the day is our thoughts right so i try to make mine as positive as possible but i'm with our schedule and everything and how quickly things move, I, sometimes you just need to sit back and take a breath. Right. And are you on the track every week when he's driving? I try to go to most of the races, depending on my polo schedule, but I probably go to about 30 of the 38 <sighs> races. So That's incredible. Wow. That is incredible. And it's a grueling, grueling thing sometimes. To, I mean, I... Like I said, I was running a sponsorship program for one of the drivers, and I would get invested emotionally if it looked like he was going to wreck. I can't imagine it being my husband. <laughs> I know. People actually ask me that all the time if I get nervous. And the first few Daytonas and Talladegas that I watched, I was completely blown away. I was like, if one car wrecks, they wipe out 15 cars. You yep. never know what's going to happen. The cars are flipping upside down, catching on fire. And, you know... I was, I could barely breathe. And then after just being at so many races and seeing the guys get out and walk away from the car and, you know, be fine, I think I've become more comfortable with it. But you never know when that one thing could happen. So I think there's always a little bit of nervousness. Oh, absolutely. What, let's, let's go back to your swim. What is the name of the swimwear? Did you name it yet? I do have a name, but I'm actually in the works of trademarking it okay. right now. So. Okay. I just didn't want to miss on that. And actually, if people want to follow you, if the, if the listeners, which they will want to, listeners want to follow you, where do they find you at? You can find me at, at Mrs. Ashley Bush on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And you don't have a website up yet? I do have a website. It's ashleybush.com. It doesn't include any swimwear yet, but it's mostly my modeling portfolio and some polo stats and pictures and some cool stuff is on there. Oh, you know, that's so cool. That you have such a, a unique and and separate identity from what's going on around you. Ashley, when do you think your swimmer is going to launch? Do you try, I know you're trying for Miami, right? I am trying to be able to take a few pieces to swim show in July in Miami. So hopefully... Um, I'll have that ready by then, but I do plan on doing a launch sometime this summer, so we'll, we'll have to check back and let you know. Yeah, please, when you're ready to launch, let us know, because I'd love to have you on again, and you can tell us how it's going and how received it is, and we'll be glad to, to get you some um, you know, notice for it. That would be wonderful. Thank you, and oh, I will, I'll so send welcome. you guys some suits when I have them. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. Seth will wear a size. You want a one-piece or a bikini? Oh, I'm a I'm a size eight. <laughs> yeah, yes. right. <laughs> okay, I'll make sure I send one for you, buddy. Fantastic. <laughs> so, Ashley, thank you so much. And again, I, I have to tell our audience, I screwed up the time on this interview, and Ashley was patient enough to listen and wait, and to come back and do the interview. So, thank you so much for the interview, and thank you so much for being part of the One Tough Mother Show. Thank you so much for having me on, and I'm happy to come on anytime. Oh, you're most welcome, and I will reach out. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, and we, we hope to hear great things about your swimwear really soon. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And we'll be right back. The One Tough Mother Podcast.
Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. You know, we're here, we're back, and we've got Tough Brother Seth with headlines and headaches. But before we do, I just have to say this. I do, because it's one of the reasons I, I started the One Tough Mother Show and one of the reasons I have the One Tough Mother Show. I really want to say before we start that I send my personal condolences to the family of Jill Messick. Um, I was deeply sorry to hear that they lost their mother, their wife, their sister, their partner, and their friend. I pray for Miss Messick, and now I hope she's at peace and that somehow her children and her family and her husband will get over this horrific event. Um, she ended up taking her own life as a result of the Harvey Weinstein case. Um, she was a producer for Harvey Weinstein, and it really upsets me to to no end anybody that, that felt that pushed against the, the wall that they would do this and leave their family and their loving family behind. So I wanted to send my personal condolences out to them. And I want to say one thing to Mr. Weinstein. Mr. Weinstein, I hope you live a long and tormented life because death is just too good for you. So with that, I say thanks, Seth, for putting up with that. And go ahead with your headaches and headlines. Oh, well said. Um, you know, it's been bad enough, and now it's just gotten from bad to worse. Sickening. Yeah. Um, sorry to hear that. And I, I agree with you. Okay, let's go. Uh, CBS Chicago reports a suburban mom has taken down a drug ring she says killed her son. I always felt like he was by my side helping me, said Karen Dobner of her 19-year-old son, Max Dobner. In 2011, he suffered hallucinations and a panic attack after taking a form of synthetic marijuana sold as potpourri and drove 100 miles into a house, accidentally killing himself. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I, I know I'm reading this story, and I'm just thinking about the conversations I'm about to have with my kids as... You know, get older and like, you know, a 19 year old kid, you're not going to be able to watch. Right. Know? Right. He's in a car. He took right. off. He left. So right. what are you going to do? Follow him? No, right. Like they need to know. Like, you take anything, you're risking your life. If you want to die, that's the, the best way to do it. Right. You know, and not to knock this kid. Kids do stupid things. You know, I did stupid things. You just want as a parent, you want to make sure to try to limit those mistakes. Yeah. And make sure they're not fatal. And you talk and talk and talk and we all did stupid things. Yes, we did. But now like this, this stuff is stronger and worse than ever before. It's synthetic marijuana. It's ridiculous. I've seen video. They showed people in Brooklyn hooked on this stuff where like- it actually turns them into zombies. They look like they're in that show. Like they're just like it's bizarre. It's in what she she was selling. This was another woman selling yeah. this in the mall, right? Yeah, it's a uh, Karen Dobner partly blames Ruby Motion, who sold Max and his friend a product called Eye Aroma. You know, like the little eye in there, like yeah, an iPad of course, and of course. iPhone. Let's get those kids. Yeah, Eye Aroma, a type of synthetic marijuana made of mushroom leaves sprayed with chemicals. The teens bought it in 2011 at a store Motion owned at a mall in Aurora, a Chicago suburb. I don't know what kind of mother sells drugs in the mall to kids, Dobner said. After her son's death, she wanted justice. For seven years, she fought to take everyone down involved in the manufacturing, distribution, and sale of Ioroma to her son. The CBS investigation started everything rolling, said Dobner. The station's investigative team went undercover and showed that months after Max Dobner's death, Motion was still selling the product. Police also made undercover buys. She continued to sell, and that's why she's going to prison, Dobner said. Dobner also hired attorney Sean Collins, who filed suit against those involved with Ioroma that led to Max Dobner's crash. Through our investigation, we learned that there was literally a nationwide distribution network. North Carolina, Iowa, Texas, Louisiana, Collins said. 
Dobner said she won for her son, but would trade everything back to have him back. Uh, of, course. of course, yes. Yes. She's been working for years to warn people about the dangers of synthetic mar- marijuana. Now listen to this: it can be eight hundred times stronger than real marijuana. Eight hundred times stronger than real marijuana, and especially dangerous because customers don't know what ingredients are used. Motion will serve two years in federal prison. Couple things. Eight hundred times. I've stronger. smoked marijuana. I inhaled everything. I'll admit it right here. I'm not, you know, right. Um, I I haven't smoked in for a long time, but there's been times when like you get really high, <laughs> and right. I can only imagine something 800 times stronger can make you do something to kill yourself. Clearly, that's that's an, that's unfathomable to me what that would must feel like. I, I have to think in my head who goes into the mall, um, a mother or, or a woman or person, a guy, whoever, a dog, who goes into a mall and sells synthetic marijuana. Someone knowing that's what these kids are using it someone for. with no conscience at all and she's gonna be two years in federal prison that should be 200 years to me yeah me too yeah actually are you kidding me you killed this kid right i don't care you didn't stab him with a knife you didn't shoot him with a gun but you killed this kid this one kid and we don't know how many other oh, kids were God. affected sure right long-term effects you don't know right people don't think about those things when you, when you do the thing you don't know what the long-term effects are on your brain like, you know, CTE was with athletes and everything else. Right. And Taz, a wrestler I work with, like he's had seven concussions. You don't know the long-term uh, ramifications of, of things like this. Right. It's 800 times. I mean, that's... let's move on because it's just disgusting. It and I'm disgusting. angry now and I want to hit something. You always do. Yes, I do. Sorry. It's just who I am. I know. Okay. I love it. <laughs> a Texas middle school student sprang into action and got at a school bus to safety last week after he noticed the driver was suffering a medical emergency. Now, this is something really cool. Uh, some, six students from LaGrange Middle School were on the yellow bus on Thursday when the driver began driving erratically. Carson Vega no- said he noticed something was wrong just minutes into the ride home. He missed a turn and went to a ditch. Then he got back up, and that's when I started thinking. Then he started making circles and stuff. He was going off into a ditch on almost every turn, the 13-year-old said. Carson quickly jumped in and called 911 for help. Kyler Buzik, a sophomore student at a school, stepped in and helped Carson calm the other students on the bus. I went and got the little kids and told them to go to the back because they were sitting there and crying and stuff. Aww. Then I told the other kid to hang on to them, Carson recalled. Carson turned on the bus flashers, jumped into the driver's lap, and drove the bus two miles to Highway 71 to a stop near a bridge above the Colorado River. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, crazy. I mean, it's like a movie. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kyler uh, stayed on the phone with police throughout the ordeal. Bus driver wouldn't take his feet off, so I kicked him over a little, Carson said. Carson's mother, Amber Vega, said she was proud of her son for uh, remaining calm throughout the incident. She added that it gives her goosebumps to think the students could have been hurt if her son didn't think quickly at the moment. That's awesome. What a good kid. That, I mean, that's, that, it's that's like some, amazing. It's, it's instinctual. Some people just have it in them, you know? Right. There's been times I've seen things and just kind of froze, like, you know? Right. It's just, Some people just know how to act just immediately. Snap into just snap right, right into it. And that's, it's amazing that kid has that and... and it's, thank God he was on that bus that day. No doubt. Um, I hope they put him on like, yeah, you know, like David Letterman and stuff back in the day used to put people like that on I the know, show. I was thinking that too. Yeah. I was thinking it'd be cool if they have him like on the Today Show and just yeah. for the kid. Yeah. I mean, he's a real hero, this he deserves kid. It. I mean, he, Absolutely. We don't know if he wasn't, but you know, maybe he will be. He should be. Right. He deserves it for sure. Now here's your your, your favorite guy. Uh, SpaceX CEO Elon Musk put the space industry on notice Tuesday when Falcon Heavy became the most powerful commercial rocket in the world. I think what he did with it was cool. I don't care. But do you have to say that? You have to kind of say that it became the most powerful commercial rocket in the world. Yes. <laughs> that is perfect. Yes. 
Uh, Musk said he wants a new space race, telling reporters after the launch he thinks Falcon Heavy's success will encourage other companies and countries to be ambitious in the same way as SpaceX. Um, I don't know what to think of this. He put a, a Tesla with an astronaut dummy up into space. Now, my you know, mail manager mom's listening to this, and she's like, so that car is just going to be flown <laughs> around up there forever. They said, yeah, they said it's going to float around up there for a bazillion years. It's like 200. It's crazy. I just blows my mind that he could do it. So I don't know. I, the whole thing is he's trying to make it commercial so that he can take people to space. Oh, sure. Those billionaires will pay like a, ton, like a million dollars a seat. Yeah, I mean, I'm he sure. wants to, to take up. Was it it's Mars? Is it is read through? Is it Mars that he wants to take everyone to? Oh, one thing I like though, the vehicle's complete with a dummy named Starman in the driver's seat. That, I know that reminds me of the movie with Jeff Bridges. Starman. Of course. Did you see the video? Did you see the picture of it? I haven't seen it. It no. looks really. It's a really cool looking Tesla. I'm sure it is. And all Teslas look cool. Yeah, to me, so. there it is. It's sitting up there. Um, it's it's amazing to me. And he said people are like, "How hard can it be? Hard." He said, who's hard? Oh, oh my God, are you kidding me? And it costs like $500 million? Over $500 million to develop, to develop Falcon Heavy. Wow. All, all those funds were all internal, not from taxpayers or fundraising, which I, we like that because you know, right. we used to spend a lot of money on NASA and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy amount. Um, at liftoff, Falcon Heavy creates a combined 5 million pounds of thrust, or the equivalent, equivalent of an 18 Boeing, 740, 18 Boeing 40, 747s at takeoff. So it's the equivalent of power wow. of 18 747s at once. Most powerful world in the rocket by a factor of two, and its payload is, is to be nearly three times of that of former space shuttles. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. He said uh, n n another Falcon Heavy flight could be as quickly as three to six months away, and it would launch. He said a second Falcon Heavy launch would carry a commercial payload. Right. Already? It, it, the thing is, he said they're reusable. Like, these, these things landed on the pad. Did you read that? They came, two of the pieces came back down and landed correctly right on the cement pad. One went into the ocean and missed a, they had like a drone ship out there it was supposed to land on, and it didn't. Listen to this, though. Bank of America, uh, Merrill Lynch forecasts the size of the space industry octupling over the next three decades to at least $2.7 So this is going to be a thing. Yeah. Imagine this. I, I hate to say it, but unfortunately, we'll be watching the news like, Oh, yes. Uh, the Falcon Heavy uh, crashed today and, and went directly into the sun and 14 people died. And, right. You, you know, something's going to happen. Gonna, we have he, car accidents. We can't stop car and plane accidents here. You're going to start sending rockets going around the sun? I mean, whatever they're doing, wherever they're going? It, it, it's crazy. Going towards Mars. Here's the deal, too. And and these guys have a bazillion dollars. And, of course, they can do whatever they want. They're in the money. And, uh, you know, good for you guys. Do whatever you want with your money. It's okay. But can you put a little bit money back into this country yes. for people that need money clean water yeah <laughs> i mean homeless we don't know what we don't know for the to be I, fair I, I, we don't yeah know what we don't. Musk does because a lot of these guys you know even like warren buffett they oh we talked about that yeah, too with yeah, the insurance yeah. company last time they we don't know what they do because right. not everybody needs to uh not everybody needs to uh have that that attention to them they just do it because they want to right right so right, right. I, I know bill gates uh gives away a million dollars a day or used to yeah no yeah. i mean they they definitely do it's just that whenever you see that a mass amount of money you always think oh man of all the really good things it could do here but you know you're right and congratulations elon musk wow you are the rocket man rocket man you got it babe okay um let's go from that amazing crazy story of a rocket and like what he's doing which is just uh, unbelievable to talk about twitter 
Yeah. Yeah. It just seems so lame to talk about Twitter after right. talking about a rocket. Uh, it took only 12 years, but Twitter finally turned a quarterly profit. Hooray for Twitter. Yay. Yay. It's Twitter. been a tumultuous ride for Twitter as a public company. On top of middling revenues, it faces the giant that is Facebook, which has dwarfed its advertising revenue and user base as long as Twitter has been public. Twitter had 218 million monthly users uh, when it went public, while Facebook had 845 million when it went public in 2012. Twitter now has 330 million, and Facebook has 2.13 billion people. Unbelievable. That's like what? That's... How many billion are on the planet? That's they have like probably at least half the population, or at least something or close to it. Something have to check. Fact I, yeah, check. I'm Where's our have fact to, checker? Yeah, I'm going to okay. have to look on Google for that one. <laughs> uh, Twitter has also struggled to attract many new users in recent years and has reportedly contended with multiple stall takeover bids, several departures of high-ranking executives. The thing is with these social media things, they're all flavor of the day, right? Facebook's had a great run, but. Smoke and mirrors, my friends. Something comes by. Something's a little better. Now everybody loves Instagram, so Facebook bought Instagram. Now uh, People were on Snapchat. Now Instagram has Instagram stories to compete with Snapchat. Yeah. It's a never... You, you know, I, I, I talk about... When I talk about these companies, I talk about a company named uh, AOL, America Online. Yeah. You remember 20 years ago, they dominated. Everyone yeah. had it. They right. did, you have to keep evolving and keep growing and keep building or you will get passed by in a second. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah. You just, you, you know what? And if everybody you're not developing your product, yep. you're going to die. No, you've, you've got to have new blood day in, day out. Yep. It's like a revolving door, bringing these kids in with ideas, pushing it out the door. It's amazing. And it's got to be, it's it's a huge revenue flow. You have to have like so much money coming through just to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Because there's a billion things that come, there's a, so many apps that come out every day, but not every one of them hit. Right. Very few. Oh, agree. It's so crazy. you have to have it. And um, again, we want to thank um, American Cobalt Aqua Farms for our headlines and headaches sponsor and the sponsor of our show. They have delicious arapaima, which is a superfood. It's American Cobalt Aqua Farms. And you could tweet a picture of it and send it to your yeah. friends. Oh, you know what? Yeah, tweet a picture of the fish. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really cool fish, actually. And you can find them at 973-601-8441. Or you can go to American Cobalt aquafarms.com look at the fish it's delicious everyone loves it and we've got our letters when we get back mail's almost in and I wanted to say this real quickly we are getting a lot of great letters but come on start sending more Seth and I want to talk to you we, we really enjoy it and you go to onetoughmother.com Christine who is our designer just put it more visible on the site it looks really great go to onetoughmother.com write us a letter tell us what you think of the show do whatever you we're honest we'll, we'll put it out there right if they write and say something like you guys stink Sure. Which they could never uh, say. Uh, is that a question? Yeah. Is a, a statement? Yeah. No, we're not going to really read that email. Yeah, we're not. But yeah, anyway, don't send that. Oh, yeah, don't please don't send that. Yeah. We we have families to feed. But anyway, yeah, go to one toughmother dot com. It's one tough mother with a U. Yep, m u t h e r dot com, and write us a letter. Ask us a question. Tell us anything you want to tell us. Hey, tell us if you want us to add something to the show. Whatever the case is. And we have great Valentine's Day show next week, so don't miss that. OMG. It's, it's epic. <laughs> it's actually epic because it's the first time we're going to have a male interview on the show. So don't miss it. We'll be right back with mail. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And mail's in. Tough Brother Seth, you got the mail. Yeah, Tough Brother Seth here with the mail. 
All right. Dear ones of mother, I can't get a job. I'm 19 years old and have been put and have been out of high school for a year. I can't afford college of any kind and my parents can't help me. I've tried so hard, but I can't find a job where I can make more than $8 an hour. I feel hopeless and doomed. What should I do? Get a job. You can get a job. Uh, you know, uh, you can. After I graduated college, I waited tables and bus tables and bartended. And then I uh, moved back to this area, the Northeast. And I started at a company called Music Choice and I was making $8 an hour. Yeah. You can, you know what? Then I got a raise to $11 an hour. Then I got Ooh. hired full time after a year. Woo! You know, and it's, you have to get in somewhere and pay your dues. Right. And life is a struggle. And, the, you know, that's how you, res, you know, you'll respect yourself and respect the process a lot more. You just have to get in and get going. Take, we all started at the bottom. Hey, yeah. I waited tables. I bartended. I've done a million things. Get a job. But you know what? In a, most states that you can't smoke in bars anymore. I used to stink. Oh my god! Me too. It's my disgusting. hair disgusting. Right. Bartending's fun. It's it a, is fun. It's a fun job, and you can make good money. I made great money. I, like you know, I know maybe he's going to say you can't afford bartending school, or whatever. But you could just start working at a bar, and someone will train. No, I never went to bartending school. I didn't either. Someone told me. And I made me a boatload of money. Right. Boatload of cash, actually. And you could learn. And uh, I'm not telling them to go in the restaurant industry. I'm just saying there's there, where there's a will, there's a way. Either you get involved in, a, in something you're interested in and start at the bottom. You know, you, you you talk about uh, guys like Jimmy Iovine or guys in big in the music business. Uh, David Geffen he started as an intern. He lied on his resume. I mean, people. I'm not telling him to lie on his resume, but you do what you have to do, right, to get where you want to go. Honestly, there's a million jobs out there. Just go. Stop thinking right. about it, and, and you're going to hear a lot of no's until you hear a yes. You right. hear the yes. You start working. You show work ethic. You work hard. You 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 work. You know, sometimes if if you really want to prove yourself, you're the first one in. You're the last one out. Right. You bust your ass. Learn. Learn while you're on the job. You're There's young. always an opportunity to get a job, learn something else that's going on in the company, move up in the company, just keep trying. And if that company believes in you, they'll help you with school. Absolutely. There's companies that help you pay for school and everything, too. There is a way. Where there's a will, there is a way you can do this. Right. So what you're saying to us is, dear one tough mother, I can't get a job because I don't want one. No, get a job. You can get any job you want. Just keep trying at it. Maybe you're not Elon Musk going to uh, space, but you can get there. Because look at, uh, what's his name? Who, um, Apple. Uh, what's Jobs? Steve Jobs, yeah. Yeah, he was like kicked out of college or something, so go. kicked out of Apple, too. Yeah. And he came back. So get a job. That's what we have to say. Get a job. Okay. Let's move on, shall we? Yes. Dear One Tough Mother, is it true that boys only want one thing from you? That is what my mother says. The answer is yes. Okay, <laughs> next email. <laughs> no, stop. No, 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 okay. no. You can have guy friends. Absolutely. All right, let's, let's, come on. Let's, we have, let's keep it a little bit real, though. This seems like it's from, from someone young. Right? Well, yeah. When, you know, when boys get to a certain age, their hormones go crazy, and so do girls to yeah. a certain extent. But you could still be wary of that, and girls should be aware of how boys are and, you know, and you have control right. over over what happens and what you do, right? You know, and boys do like girls normally right. too. They don't have, they don't have to always be doesn't always have to be sexual. Like they can also be your friend, you know. But boys do it when they their hormones kick in. I think this is a young girl. I'm assuming by right. the way the letter was written. Boys get a little crazy, get girl crazy, and girls get boy crazy. So it's not entirely accurate what her mom said, and it's a little. I think she's just a little worried about her and kind of just trying to scare her off a little bit. Right, you know, and yeah. actually, let's let's put this in your head right now and put this in your friends' heads because I'm sure that they're going to listen to what we had to say to you. 
People can only treat you the way you allow. Understand that. People can only treat you the way you allow. Don't allow boys to treat you in a disrespectful way and it won't happen because they will chatter about it and it will be known. So stick up for yourself. You're a strong person. You're a strong woman. You're, you're, you know, you're a girl or a woman, but stick up for yourself and stand up for what you want and do what you know is right. And it should be fine. It really should be fine. And like, if you're fooling around, you can control how far that goes. Absolutely. And I always think, even with adult women who are friends of mine in the past who asked me, my advice. I said, if you like a guy, you make him wait. Like you take your time because once you cross that that line, then everything you do is before you have sex. Like, what are you going to do before you have sex? You're going right. to movies before you have sex. Have dinner. It's like it just everything is just a lead into the sex. You, instead of you're not no longer really spending time getting to know each other and liking each other as people. You know, you're just people who like to have sex together. So, and not, this is not a perfect science. I just feel like. That's a good. That's really a good statement, actually. Yeah, and, and, and now Steve you're Harvey saying it, a, I'm running it through my head. <laughs> well, Steve Harvey wrote a book about it too. You know, act like a man, uh, think like, act like a man, but act like a woman, think like a man. Some book like that. And he said some similar things, but yeah, I, I don't know. To me, that that's the way. You know, you spend time get, getting to know each other and see if you like each other. It doesn't mean you can't have fun and enjoy each other's company, but really get to know each other. You don't have to just cross that line because that just becomes part of your routine. Right. And I right. think, you know, I'll be sitting there at dinner just thinking about, okay, when is this over so we can go have sex? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just really focusing on the person. All right. You know? Stop listening to everything Seth's saying, but no. no. Boys don't know. Boys specifically do not want just one thing. You can be friends with them. However, take control. Yes. You have the control is what you're saying. And don't, yeah, don't go too far too fast. Right. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. That's all. Good I didn't, point. Yeah. 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 Okay. Email number three. Dear mother, why is it wrong to try to help fellow employees at work? Huh? Okay. I am, uh, it's, there's more to this letter. Yeah. <laughs> I am in the HR department of a fairly large national medical supply company. I love to read and have access to tons of medical studies, magazines, and journals. Medical conditions and health have always fascinated me, and I love to talk about what I've read. A lot of our employees come to me with medical questions. Nothing grand or life-threatening, just questions about on their ailments and symptoms. Yesterday, our new office manager called me to her office and told me I'd have to stop giving uneducated medical advice at work. She states, The company is worried there could be serious repercussions if an employee takes my advice, does not seek medical attention, and something bad happens. Seriously, I've been helping people for nine years. I don't tell people not to see a doctor, and everyone knows I don't have a medical degree, so asking is their choice. What do you think? Um, I can understand both sides of this, okay? Me too. So if somebody comes to you and says, hey, okay, you, Seth, you come to me and say, hey, Kara, look at this on my arm. What do you think this is? And I you, I, I say to her, oh, I think it's this, this, and this, because I've had a lot of life experience and had a lot of kids. And you go on your merry way. But then the company sees it as, oops, you work in a medical supply company. You're in HR. Is somebody going to go, well, I, she said it was this, this, and this, and she seemed like she knew what she was doing, and now all of a sudden I find out it's this. Is it a problem? Yeah. It could be a, very much a problem. It's true. It could be. It seems silly because people should have very. common sense, but people don't have common sense. Right. And people will look for someone to blame. Right. And, and someone to sue. So- I guess what I would tell her is give advice on your own time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because, you know, if, hey, you want to talk about it? I can't really talk about this at work. Yeah, I can't know? do this in the HR department. I can't yeah. talk about this at work. You know, see me at lunch or, or come and see me or after work. After work. Or call me. Yeah. yeah. Call me. Because if you came to me and said, look, Karen, I've been coughing for a week. I don't know what to do. I've got been coughing. I'm sweating. I've got the cold. You know, every this, I'd say to you, mm, maybe you have the flu or 
It could have been walking pneumonia or it could have been pneumonia. How do I know? I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor? Well, I am, but whatever okay. the case is. But um, no, seriously, it's a, it's an iffy situation. I don't, you should not be giving medical advice at work. I, I mean. Well, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like if, you know, like if I worked with somebody and we talked about it, it's fine, but it sounds like she does it, it makes a habit of it. No, it sounds like, uh-huh. yeah, they're coming in and out. Like she's in a clinic or something. We should have her on the podcast. Yeah, actually, and she can mm. ask, we see this thing on my arm. <laughs> we'll take some questions. <laughs> what is this thing on my arm? I got a mole. <laughs> anyway, so our advice to you is do it on your own time, because I, I totally get the company. I understand. Yeah, makes sense. And today's uh, Mother Said is, is brought to you by American Cobalt Aqua Farms, our sponsor, Delicious Fish, Arapaima. It's amazing. Omega-3, Omega-6. It's got protein, collagen. Fabulous fish, and you can find it at AmericanCobaltAquafarms.com. I've had it. It's delicious. My friend's a head executive chef in Atlantic City. She had it. She said her name is Pam. It's amazing, Chef Pam. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that. Shout out to Chef Pam. Yeah, she's awesome. Let me tell you something. When she made it, it was delicious. And today's mother says is, it's our choice. It's... It's our choices that show us what we truly are far more than our abilities. And that's by J.K. Rowling's. It's our choices that show what we truly are, far more than our abilities. So that's a pretty good one. So let's remember that. And thanks so much for listening. We love having you here. Tell all your friends about us. And Easy Listening, just so you know, is on one tough, M-U-T-H-E-R, mother.com. Click on one tough mother.com. There's the show. No big gig. Because a lot of people are like, I don't know how to podcast. You don't have to worry about it. Easy listening. OneToughMother.com. We'll see you next week. You too, Seth. Don't fight with your neighbor. Don't. I'm serious. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a 4-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.